Hi, welcome to Chew On That, a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent message from Life Church. This week, we kicked off a new series titled Becoming Jesus People from our Chew On That host, Pastor Scott Eastman. Hooray! And he's here. I am here. Hi. I'm a guest. I know. I'm so excited that the tables have kind of flipped. I know, for real. Even though, like, in reality, they haven't, I'm still sitting at the control panel and yeah, you're still you sitting in the guest chair. Yeah, that's true. But we're just going to forget that that even happened. Yeah. Yeah. That you're works. in charge. Like, you're, it's your show, baby. <laughs> I right. don't mean to say baby, like, well, in no, a misogynist way. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's my show. It's your show. But it's really fun because last week you had Pastor Sean on. I did. Boy, that was a great episode. Oh, so In fact, good. if you didn't hear that episode, stop this episode right now and go back and listen to that one because Man, the he things was great. that he talked about are things that you can't hear on a Sunday morning. Yep. Like you can't hear it in the pre recorded message. Nope. Sometimes you can hear it in De Pere. Yeah. But like occasionally, but like, and, and yeah. even then it's just glimpses. Even Pastor Sonny had said he talked about stuff in that podcast that we've not talked about right. or that we haven't talked about in years. Yeah. Right. And so I love that authenticity from him. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that uh, attracted me to him in the first place. And one of the things that like, I just, man, I just can't get enough of. Like I love when pastors or people in leadership, you know, are that kind of transparent. Are real. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. like, I don't know, we need a lot less fakes in the so world true. and certainly in our, in our faith right now. Yeah. The more, the less people who are faking it, the better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love so that. true. But you did a great job hosting it. And oh, like, you're so good at hosting to oh, on that. It's so yeah. fun to listen to. I love having all the different guests on. Now we've kind of taken a little bit of a turn yeah. with having the person who's yeah. preaching, right. Talk it's more a, about, like yeah, it's going to be a new direction for yeah. us. Just to see how that goes. Right. Like it's not that we've run out of people. No. Um, it's just that, Hey, I wonder if it, if we would, if we could get to deeper things on that topic, you know, because there's just so much that happens in a message preparation right? that, you know, you end up with this distilled version on a Sunday morning. Well, yeah. And that's what we we're going to talk about today is your message, which oh. was the first in the series becoming yes. Jesus people. Yep. Was there like a subtitle to that or is it just week one? It's yeah. Part one is okay. what Sonny said. Okay. Cause they, people ask me, what's the title? I'm like, I think it's just part one. Cause that's what pastor Sonny wants. Hey, and whatever it, she yeah, says is yeah, what that's goes. Totally it. So if you, <laughs> yeah, right. you want to know what works like here, yeah. that's what it works like here. <laughs> Whatever Sonny says is what goes. Yeah. So, so week one, there wasn't really a subtitle, nope. but you talked about the Beatitudes. I did. I did. And there's a few different versions, like I kind of alluded to before, is that there's the pre-recorded one that airs online. Yes. And then there's the De Pere one. Yes. And then also last night at yeah, downtown. downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about downtown a little bit. Yeah. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. So shameless um, plug. Nope. That's all right. I don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, what's nice about downtown. So if you've never been downtown, if you're listening to this and you live in green Bay, we'd love to have you come visit downtown. Like, I don't even know if you're a life church person or just a listener to this podcast, but if, uh, if you'd like to see church done in a little bit different way, I'd like to, I'd like to invite you downtown because we, you know, we get together and it's not in a church. It's actually a gather on Broadway, which is in essence, an event hall. And it's beautiful, mm-hmm. like festival lighting and exposed brick and open rafters and all that stuff. All the things you will see on Pinterest. Right. Yes. It's a, very, it's a very Pinteresty yeah. space. I never thought of it mm-hmm. like that, but it's totally Pinteresty. Yeah. And so we, we meet there and before we do one single thing, like we have dinner together, like gather puts together a simple, I mean, it's not like this really elegant meal. It's just, I mean, last night it was taquitos and chips and a cookie and like, it's not, it's kind of like grown up hot lunch is really what it comes down to. Although we should get like that sheet pan pizza that you Oh my goodness. The rectangular one that fills up that whole section on the tray. I'm totally going to tell Gather that that's what I want. And some of those trays. Yes. We eat eat with those at our house. (laughs) Those trays. Yeah. Cause like they keep the food all separated and everything. Huh? Yeah. I choose to use that one with my kids. 
instead of using like a real adult. Are boundaries like, an issue at your house? I mean, uh, it... No, I don't think so. <laughs> food boundaries? I just feel like you know. that's, like you wonder I, if people that need to keep their food separate or people that need to keep like their emotions separate. I mean, separate maybe, or their maybe that's a thing. Separated. Yeah. I mean, that could be a tell if you do that downtown. Right. That's what Get I'm wondering. Anyway, we'd love like for you to have, <laughs> we would love for us to have you uh, come downtown. And so like, um, but whenever, um, whenever I speak here in De Pere, then I'll also speak live uh, downtown. Mm-hmm. But if Sean's speaking, uh, here in De Pere live, we'll show his video recorded message downtown. Okay. And so every now and again, someone that's not me or Sean will preach here and then they'll come in downtown, downtown and speak yeah, live. And I love that. Like Barry's cool. done that and Dallas has done that. You know, it's just, it's just really nice. And but so, the, yeah, the big difference with downtown is that you talk about the message yeah, afterwards that's the and have thing. like the table discussion. Right. About so you've it, already so. sat and ate with yeah. these people, right? Mm-hmm. You've already gotten up to go to the bathroom and came back with these people. Right. So like you're friends now. <laughs> and so, and then, you know, then we watch the message together, but then right after that, we do the the discussion questions. And sometimes mm-hmm. we don't even get to the discussion questions at table talk. Sometimes it's just, someone's got something going on in their life yeah. and they're like, yeah, I need to talk about this for a second. Mm-hmm. And then it just comes out. And so like tables at downtown church become like little churches within the church right. or like micro tables, like right. the micro churches, not micro tables. Not micro tables. I mean, I they'd like be a, cute. Right, I feel like a micro <laughs> table is those little white things that go inside a pizza, pizza box. box. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So one last quick thing about downtown is that you yeah. had baptisms last night, Oh my gosh, which Nancy. was so cool. But I think the biggest part that I took away, cause I hear you talk about it all the time because you're the pastor of right. life church downtown. But I didn't realize how close knit of a group of people mm. that it truly is. It yeah. really does feel like a small church. Yeah. When I walked in and there is a sheet cake with everyone's name <laughs> on it of the people that were getting baptized, I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Like that's just something that you can't quite do in a in a larger right. church. Yeah. So to do that and then even during the baptisms, you had a story for every yeah. person. Yeah. Like you really, really know you know, each of the people that was being baptized. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I love that. So it's like, I mean, I feel like that's another way that we're, cause we refer to ourselves as like an unchurch. Cause mm-hmm. we like, we just, I don't know the way we just operate is just different, yeah. you know? And so, and I, I've always appealed, uh, that's always appealed to me because I always felt like a structured church always felt fake. And that wasn't fair of me. Mm-hmm. Like that's not right of me to just assume that, Oh, we're just going to do the exact same things over and over and over again. Fakers. Like that's mm-hmm. you know, because I was that kind of guy. Yeah. Like, so, but I, I, even now as a person of faith, I, well, I recognize that there's, there's beauty and structure and everything else. But for me, I just, I needed to be like real each week. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we can do downtown because we're a smaller church is we can do stuff like that. In fact, one of the things I love is that we do super traditional churchy things like our kids group, you know, they go upstairs and they do like super old school Sunday yeah. school stuff, you know, and I love all that. Right. I love the idea that we have a cake with everyone's name right. on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I love that. Like we're going to have a church picnic in a couple of weeks. And I love That's that we're awesome. having a church picnic, Yeah, you know, and it's not like a big food truck rally and there's going to be like, you know, skillet is coming or mm-hmm. something, you know, it's just like yeah. us getting together. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no, I'm not but, saying that there is. Right. Like, it doesn't have to be this big production. Yeah. Right? It can just be us yeah. community, you right. know, and I, I love it's that family getting together. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love that about our church. So let's get into the message a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am curious, genuinely, even though I'm on staff here, yeah. I'm wondering like how this, how this comes up, how you decide on the direction of the message mm. and like what that process all looks like once you find out, okay, I'm talking about the Beatitudes or whatever that looked like. Yeah. Like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So actually I'll take a step even further back from mm-hmm. that because like the, as we're wrapping up the current sermon series, I have not been drinking. (laughs) Sermon series. I was trying to like put sermon series together as one word, a series. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, 
halfway through the this the current sermon series what will happen is uh the teaching team what's mm-hmm. turned out to be the teaching team so this is sean and sunny and barry pastor barry uh, pastor dallas uh myself pastor becky, becky yep. and so we'll start tossing around ideas of like when maybe the next sermon series could be and so and then we come up with a name or a theme right mm-hmm. and then that's you know they, they kind of filters down then like who's going to speak well this really suits you know so-and-so yeah. style or this really suits so-and-so's like heart mm-hmm and so, and then you kind of like, just then you pick your way through that. So I, then I found out that, you know, that Sean had said, let's, let's cover these things. Cause he was t- wanted to talk about becoming Jesus people and what that looks like and finding scripture that points in that direction. Mm-hmm. And so the Beatitudes were one of them, like Paul's, um, letter to the Galatians. Right. Yeah. I don't really know my Bible. The fruits of the spirit. The I fruits think. of the spirit. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Is that in Galatians? Yeah. I, totally I mean, I think right. so. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I hope I'm right. Anyway. So, the, so then we, so he says, who wants this? Who wants that? And so I ended up with the Beatitudes, which is cool yeah. because, um, I always talk about the Beatitudes and it's really a uh, weird way. Uh, cause I always say, Hey, like once you get past the Beatitudes, there's really good stuff. In fact, I just finished watching mm-hmm. the last episode of season two of the chosen. And so are you watching the chosen? I haven't been. Oh, no. Are you even a Christian? I don't if you're know. Not watching the chosen? <laughs> I, don't I, don't know. I was actually going to say that too. I yeah. don't know. And what's funny thing about this chosen thing is cause I'm the first person that's going to make fun of like, wait, Aren't you the person who doesn't watch something because everybody's watching it? Well, no, that's not oh, me. Oh, wasn't no. you like Greatest Showman or something that... No. Oh, I thought there uh-uh. was something that no. you wouldn't watch. Mm-mm. No. That's not you. No, yeah. Friends. I'm not watching Friends, oh, but not friends. because not everyone watches it, but because it's lousy writing. Oh, gosh. Lousy acting. So what about The Chosen? Anyway, let's talk about The Chosen because <laughs> no one from Friends is in The Chosen. No. In fact, no one at all that you would know is in The Chosen, except for the guy that plays Nicodemus. You've seen him mm-hmm. as a character in a few movies, but you, if you could tell me his name, I'll give you $10. <laughs> nope, I can't. <laughs> right. Anyway, you can write in, you know, because if they wrote in, they could look at IMDb and find out what yeah, the guy's name is. Yeah, they could find out. Anyway. Yeah. My point is, is that so many like Christian faith-based productions, TV shows or movies mm-hmm. are just horrible. Mm-hmm. Like just horrible. If like the guy that did, who did the, like, uh, the, uh, the thing where you get kicked off the island, what's the name of that show? Survivor. Right. Who's the name of that guy? Jeff. Oh, I don't know. Something. So he married the lady that was untouched by an angel. Roma Downing. Oh my goodness. Right. They make horrible movies. I've been sent by God. <laughs> They're horrible movies. Yes. Like there's just no, oh my gosh, it's painful for me to watch them. Anyway, yeah. most Christian movies are that way. And I yeah. feel bad about it because I, I'm like, why can't we just like, that's why like when there's a, an athlete who professes to be a Christian and he's actually good, mm-hmm. you're like, ah, look at that. Yeah. That's my guy. <laughs> right. My guy. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's, right. Cause I mean like, anyway. And that's what the show is. That's what the chosen is. The chosen is really it's a, good. Like good production. It's really well for done. Christian based. Two weak spots. Everything. In, in it, I didn't find one weak spot in the first season. The second season, the guy that's playing John the Baptist, like his cousin, like a critical role for me has this beard. That's so bad. Like so bad. It looks like the beards from like life of Brian. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh my gosh, that's a pasted on beard. Clearly. Like you couldn't do better than that. Like I wanted to write Dallas Jenkins. That's who wrote and directed anyway. And then for the tents for Jesus and his people, like where they're, you know, traversing around the countryside, they're like straight up, like blankets made out of blankets from like Mexico. Like they're Mexican blankets. They don't look like middle (laughs) Eastern at all. They look like, and then some of them still had like the fold marks and I'm like, bro, steam those or something. (laughs) But the tickets, (laughs) man. 
Anyway, oh we can get past that. It's a really yeah. good show. And the last episode is them making the final uh, preparations for Jesus to do this sermon. And oh, like, yeah. Like, I, I never really thought of it that way. Like, I always thought of it as like he was just sitting around and a bunch of people just showed up. But here in the movie, they represent it as being like, this was a thing. Like, they were handing out flyers, okay. right? And like, pe- you know, they, and they like built them like a stage. Was that, like an outreach almost? Like yeah, an old of, yeah. school outreach? Yeah, yeah. And then the Romans found out that this was happening. So they were on board. And then the Pharisees found out. So they were coming. And it was just, yeah. I really like the chosen because it gives you like, I don't want to say backstory because it's a little bit like fan fiction in mm-hmm. that um, it, I mean, it, it takes some liberties. Like, like we meet, we meet um, Peter's wife, Eden. I don't know that her name is Eden. Okay. I don't know for sure. Right. Like I don't, like, but we they don't, put it, they made yeah. a character. And she's super yeah. cute and she's sweet. You know what I mean? And <laughs> like, you're like, oh, I want that to be Peter's yeah. wife. So anyway, there's some of those things. And then Jesus says some stuff that's really funny to me. And I don't, it's not biblical. Like it's not in the Bible that he right. says, but it's his character. Yeah, that of, seems a bit reductive yeah. to me. He said to yeah. somebody, I'm like, I love that. Cause that's, that's how I want my Jesus that's to how talk you feel to like, Pharisees. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. It seems a bit reductive. Uh, reductive. Oh, I suppose he wouldn't have an English accent. <laughs> no, would he? he no. In fact, you don't have an English accent either. I try. I no. try sometimes. You try all the time. We I talk know. about this every time we're together Ooh, on I air. I know. <laughs> but so the Beatitudes. Anyway. So I often get to the Sermon on the Mount because I really feel like the Sermon on the Mount is like the greatest sermon ever written. Probably one of the greatest orations ever given. Mm-hmm. And... I always tell people to skip over the Beatitudes because like there's like, who even knows what that means? Right. right. So then to get assigned a sermon saying, we need you to preach on the Beatitudes. like, well, I guess I better figure well, so out God what is to- funny yeah, like that. It is. <laughs> and so I did my research. I got, I got a couple of really, really good books. I, I cite them in the, in the message. If you want to know who it's from, it's okay. someone that's so important that he like, he doesn't even use a first full name. Like he uses like Dr. Initial. D. Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's funny because it is D. Martin is. something. Floyd Jones. Or, I know. Oh, oh. <laughs> Look at you. Dr. D. Martin Lloyd Jones. That's or it. Something Not like Floyd that. Jones. Yeah. I think it's Lloyd. <laughs> no, Lloyd's the guy from Dumb and Dumber. Oh. I'm just kidding. It is I don't Lloyd. Know what it is. Lloyd is Jim Carrey's name in Dumb and Dumber. Oh. Anyway. So I'd had to do my research, right? So I read right. this really great book on the Sermon on the Mount. I read some uh, uh, a great piece uh, from R.C. Sproul on it. And so I got my re- and really learned a ton of stuff. And so um it, w- it was great to be able to shape that up. And one of the, one of the gifts I feel like, in fact, Sunny had said this yesterday, she had talked about how she loves that it's part of our culture from a teaching team prospect or perspective mm-hmm. to like take things that seem like they're out of our reach mm-hmm. and like think through them and explain them in such a way, not that we dumb them down, but that we like, you know, like, Hey, what if you thought about it this way? Yeah. Instead of looking at it the way you've always looked at it, what if you looked at it this way instead? Mm-hmm. So again, not a dumbing down, certainly not a watering down for all the critics of, I don't know, big churches. Or right. Like, they just right. watered down gospel. It's not even the real no, gospel. I think part of it is just making it more applicable yeah. and like real life. Right. At least that's how I see it where yeah. it's like, well, what does this actually mean for me? Cause yeah. it's easy to, to say through, I, I pull them up just in case People don't know what we're talking about, but it's the blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. And it goes on and on. But you took each one, you know, one after another and kind of broke it down to what it actually meant. First, first take it out of the King James version and put it like, I think in a more contemporary, like the new international readers version is the NIRV. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, you know, I'll even go down further. Like I'll go to like the international children's Bible. Like, like, and I'm not like, I'm not an idiot, right? Like I'm a smart person, but sometimes I don't want to get caught up in vernacular, mm-hmm. right? That, that I don't know is for sure. Right. Like, right. I mean, a lot of people will feel like the King James, well, you got to use the King James version as though it's like the next best thing to like the Aramaic or the Greek. Right? right. But here's a thing like that was written like in 1500 or something like or 14, I don't know, something <laughs> yeah. right. Like not just right after Jesus died. It yeah. was like, that's not that long ago. And so to think that 
I don't know. Like that's how Jesus talked. And a lot of us think that way. And so a lot of mm-hmm. us were like, Oh, you've, that's not the King James version. That's some ridiculous version. Yeah. That's not, Lust Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Something. And so like, if it, if it's keeping me from understanding what God's trying to tell me, then it's a problem. Yeah. No matter how beautiful it is in the Shakespearean, if I'm not, if I'm being kept from the truth, then I'm going to look at every version I can. I'm going to read. I, one of my oldest Bibles is a parallel Bible that has like four versions in it. You know what I mean? And so like, if I read a mm-hmm. verse, I'm going to see right on that same page. Yeah. what it says in three other versions. I want a full understanding of that. Mm-hmm. If I just looked at the King James version, I, I would know maybe an eighth of the Bible. I would mm-hmm. understand maybe an eighth of it. And so good for you. If you can read the King James version, it makes sense for you. Good for you. You probably did really great in old English or whatever. Like that's fantastic. <laughs> understanding all of right, that. Yeah. It's, I'm, I don't have, I don't, I don't have it. And so yeah. anyway, so you were talking about how like blessed are the these because mm-hmm. thou's will get the those and mm-hmm. thuses, right? right? Exactly. And so wait, tell me what, like how you would talk if he were here. And so like, that's what I feel yeah. like I find in the new international readers version or the international children's Bible or the message, which is, I mean, uh, maybe we'll get letters about this. My email is Scott at the life church, green <laughs> If you want to let me know that I'm an idiot, you totally can. But the message is what makes sense to me. In fact, mm-hmm. if I listen to an audio version of the Bible while I'm in the car, mm-hmm. it's always the message. Cause I feel like I'm just talking to a guy. That's my friend. He talks, right. Eugene Peterson talks the way that I talk mm-hmm. and like, give me that. Like, you know, this is, so it's like having someone read the Bible and then tell you what it says. And mm-hmm. I love that. So as far as like preparing for the message and going through the Beatitudes, is that kind of what you did was break down like each section of it to try to understand it better before yeah, I feel needing like, to teach through it? I love that question. I feel like I don't, no one ever taught me how to prepare yeah. a sermon, right? Like I didn't, right. for those of you are asking, a friend of mine from downtown um, <laughs> wrote and asked me because... Uh, a couple Sundays ago, I gave the answer to someone at downtown. We have what mm-hmm. about cards on the yeah, tables. Yeah, I saw that. And so, like, if you have a question about the Bible or about Jesus or about church or faith, like, you mm-hmm. can just write it on the what about card and drop it in the offering can, and then we'll get to that question and answer it. And yeah. so, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we got a question about like they were having a problem believing the whole Bible because they d- couldn't get their heads around the math of Genesis, mm. right? And like, so Methuselah, nine hundred eighty-five years or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like. You know, and so like, I was like, yeah, I mean, that's seems it's hard for me to get my head around too, but mm-hmm. I kind of moved past them. Like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, but then I asked our friend Rabbi Matt, who's probably yes. the smartest old Testament guy I know. And he said, Hey, why do they care? Which was what my response was too. Like, what, what was, why does it matter? Right. Like, is the whole thing hinges on the fact that Methuselah is 900 years old? Right. Like, how is that? Like, what are you even doing anyway? But he said, you know, some stuff about how, like, we think that we've been keeping track of time the way that we're keeping track of time the whole time along, like mm-hmm. ever since Cro-Magnon man, right. like we all had, you know, Apple watches and calendars. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, and that's how it's always worked. No, it's not right. No. Right. In fact, in Jesus time, they didn't have even watches, right? Mm-hmm. It was like sundials and hourglasses, right? Mm-hmm. And like, what if you didn't get the hourglass just as it like let that last sand drop through? Like what if there's like, like two seconds and then you turn yeah. it over? Well, now your time's all off. Right. I don't do that for a few centuries and find out what happens to how time is accounted for. But then he said, and also we think that everyone has this Western sense of how we mark time or how we track time. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people talk about how they don't understand how Jesus died on Friday, but rose on Sunday, but that was three days in the grave. Right. Cause it really, it's like a day and a half really mm-hmm. when you come right down to it. But like in the Jewish tradition, like it was a sun up, sundown kind of thing. Right. It wasn't a 24 right. hour thing. And so that's how they got the three days. And that would have made perfect sense to them. It makes no sense to us. What are you talking about? This is not a day. A day is from when the but sun that's comes not up. The, but that's in our context, right, in not our in context. the original context. Right, so in our time yeah. and in our world. And mm-hmm. so to try to like apply what we think and what we know now to an 
to a, a book that was written thousands of years ago about stuff that happened thousands of years before yeah. that. Like, I mean, like, why would you ever think that this is going to line up? Right. And so, and what was I even talking about? Well, going back to like, you don't, nobody ever taught you how to like oh, right. prepare oh my gosh. a how message. How do we get way off of there? Well, no, I think that it still makes sense because yeah. how do you prepare a message? I don't know. Right. I mean, I you would know. just start Oh, this to, is what it was. So a guy yeah. asked me when I gave that answer yeah. to the creation and 900 years and everything right. else. He's like, Hey, where did you go to seminary? And I'm like, I didn't go to seminary. I just went to St. Norbert college and I've been in ministry, you know, for mm-hmm. a ton of years after yes. that. Oh, cause I'm in cemetery. So not cemetery. He's not in the cemetery. He's still alive. <laughs> I hope he's not in the cemetery. <laughs> I'm in seminary and I learned about this in my first semester yeah. and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, yeah. cool. You know, but like I asked the most wise man I know, like the smartest guy I know. And this is his answer. Mm-hmm. And then did someone else come up to me and say, you know, uh, it didn't rain from the sky until, uh, Noah and the ark. And so like there was a seal on the earth. Like there was like a vapor seal, like a, some kind of like atmospheric thing yeah. that kept moisture in. And so people just aged different before the flood. Oh, Oh, I mean, do you have any scientific data on that? Because I mean, that would right. be helpful to me. Right. In the meantime, so I'm just going to say, why are we even asking this question? Yeah. Anyway, my point was no one ever taught me how to do sermons. Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of like making it up. Right. So you're kind of like, well, how was this in college? Like, how did I make a presentation in college? Yeah. And so, um, but I started watching, paying more attention to how Sean was doing things. And so Sean writes out his entire message, like mm-hmm. word for word. And I thought, well, I could do that because I enjoy writing. I feel like I'm a good writer. Yeah. And so what I found that I did is like, like, I'm going to say that God had me do this. And I don't want you to think that I'm a weirdo for saying <laughs> it, but like, I really feel like God helped me figure this out. Like mm-hmm. I have like yeah. five different documents open. And so there's the things like, like there's certainly an outline, like here's right. what you should be covering. Like do say something about this, say something about this, say something about this. And then like find the Bible verses or but the Bible, not just verses, but like the, the Bible stuff to context. Support it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so then now that's on a page and then find stuff that other people have written, right? Like mm-hmm. quotes or stories or, you know, studies, right. And put those on a page. Yeah. Right. And then there's the main page and you just start putting these things together. All together. You know what I mean? And so that's just kind of how it works. It takes a lot of time, right. like I, you know, and that's cool though, because you know, you got to work through that. Like, it's not just something you sit down and like puke out. It's right. it got to be something. There's a process you, right? to There's it. There's a process yeah. to it. And then I find, I used to observe that whenever I would be talking to my pastors in the past, it felt like they were always trying out their sermon on me during the course of the week. I was like just going to ask stuff, something about that. That's you know? great. Yeah. Cause they'd be like, they'd say a bunch of stuff and then they'd start preaching. Like Sean does this sometimes like in a staff oh, meeting. Oh, sure. like, I was like, is this the message right now? What's even <laughs> happening? Yeah. Cause I feel like he's like working through it in his head. And so, mm-hmm. Anytime like you're in something, like sometimes if you're reading a book, like not like, you know, like a, a book, like a fiction book, yeah. but like a book about something mm-hmm. that finds its way into everything you talk about, everything that you see. Yeah. So it just kind of works its way in. So I could see where that would happen. If you're working on a sermon and doing all this study, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, I just read this about the Beatitudes. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one said Beatitude. Yeah. <laughs> so but then it, then it might have an experience that then you can share, right. you know, in That's the message. Yeah. Then yeah. And I feel like. It all together. They're all important pieces. Certainly here at Life Church, we feel like it. we got to start with what the Bible says. Like no, mm-hmm. no one ever gets up there. Sean's really clear about this. No one ever gets up there and talks about their opinions or about like how they think something should work or mm-hmm. how they think things aren't working. Like it all is Bible based. And I love that about our culture here. And so another thing that I think really resonates with people is when, like we talked about earlier, when you can like apply it to how you've seen it work. Yeah. Like here's how this unfolded in my life mm-hmm. this morning. Uh, my friend Tara and I met with a, a friend who was going through some anxiety issues and just frustrations with life. And she had acknowledged that 
we had gone through those similar things and she wondered how we came out on the other side, more optimistic or, you know, how we see things going through. Yeah. And like, she got done talking. I said, listen, I'm not you know, like my friend found out. I didn't go to seminary or cemetery. Right. Neither did I go to psychology university. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't do any of that. I can tell you what's go- what's happened in my life right. and how God worked in my right. life. I can tell you that. And your experience and your right. story is ultimately his story that's through it. you. So right. to share that is what's going to help. Yeah. And yeah. so like, I feel like that's what happens when you preach. And so, and I even hate calling it preaching because preaching has like a negative connotation yeah. to me. Like that means like, I'm like, I'm, I'm mad at you or I'm telling you. I'm preaching at you yeah, right. versus yeah. like having a conversation. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Cause all those things that I feel like all those things that I talk about are things that I'm finding out for myself or I'm mm-hmm. figuring out for myself. Yeah. And so, That's yeah. so good. Yeah. So one of the things that you talked about, and I, and I don't know if I'll be able to like recount it the correct way because yeah. you wrote it. So you had, I think you said you had like 16 pages. I did. I did. That's a, that's a there long. was a lot. Yeah. I feel like I need to like cut back because I, I was telling somebody, I feel like I don't ever want to be underprepared. I feel like sure, I, right. because of stuff in my, in my life and mm-hmm. we can go through journey to holes together if you want. But like, I feel like in my life, I've always felt like I've been an underachiever. I've never lived up okay. to what my dad thought I should be or what my smarts should have been. I should mm-hmm. have gotten better grades. It should have been something. I should have been this. And so now I feel like I live in this place where I'm like, boy, you better not underperform or underachieve yeah. here, man. You better overprepare. So that looked like 16 pages right. of notes. Right. Right. Which, and so like, and yeah. like, but the one I found, like when you start talking, like then you start putting these things in, right. To try to relate it right. to people, right. right. Like you I wanted Which to say, is, read the audience and that sounds super show busy, but I mean, there's an accuracy to that. Yeah. But it's exactly what you just said about, you're not preaching at them. Right. You're trying to be on the same, like uh, preaching at us, I should say, but you're wanting to be on the same level yeah. and communicate like I've been in your shoes and this is where right. I've experienced right. it and this is how it's panned out. Yeah. But I think that, um, I, again, I don't know where, which part this is and okay. my notes just say we are limited. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't remember what, um, what section of your yeah, that message was early this on. was from. And so it was, it was from the first beatitude. Yeah. And so uh, I regret singing cause I don't Aww. think I, I sing very well. And so, but like, it's, I really like that soundtrack to wicked. I probably shouldn't. I'm a Jesus person. And maybe well. I shouldn't like which plays or which musicals. Wicked or musicals. Yeah. But like, I really like a lot of the music in there. Anyway. I don't know it. Really? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause it's about like the good witch and the bad witch yeah. and they, they have this like relationship, like they're at college together and they're roommates oh. and it's, what's her name? Kristen Chenoweth. I know they're good people. Yeah. Like I've seen great things about like, it. There's I a song in there the time popular. To... And so this is oh, like, I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she's taught like, she's going to teach her how to be popular. Yeah. Like the good witch is going to teach the bad witch how to be popular. How to be popular. I love popular. that. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's so fun. My notes Back just say that it says we are limited. And I, and I feel like, um, you explained this really well about what the world is telling everybody versus yeah. what's truth and go just, yeah. um, go over a little bit of that, the whole, we are limited part and the part with Adam and Eve. I love that. Yeah. Cause I feel like when God created Adam and then, you know, made Eve too, however you want to talk about that, but mm-hmm. like he had an idea for how this was going to look like his plan this is hard. Now we're getting into some theological stuff. Yeah. It can get deep, but let's just, just play along for mm-hmm. this. So like, I feel like his intention or his desire, whatever, was that like, we would just be friends. Like we would just like, cause he walked around with Adam and Eve. Like he like had friendship. He had relationship mm-hmm. with them. He would like walk in the garden with them. I don't know if it was the first thing in the morning or last thing at night or sometime, but he would just like hang out with them. And so his idea was that, that we would be limitless. 
we would have no limits, right? We would live forever. We would never get sick. We'd never grow old. We'd never die. You know, we'd just keep multiplying and we'd all just have this like heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. God's original plan was for heaven on earth. But then like we wanted more than that. Mm -hmm. We wanted to like take on some of that on our own. We wanted to be in control of some of it, even though we could do anything that we wanted. We were sold a bill of goods that said, no, you can be in even more control. You could be in as much control as God is. Don't you want that? Because he doesn't want you to have that. So don't you want that? And like, and then you think about like how the world talks to us today. Like, mm-hmm. well, you are entitled to more than that. You're, you're enough for yourself. You deserve it. You deserve yeah. it. You're entitled to this. Mm-hmm. And like, there's certainly things that we're entitled to. And I know that there's whole other sure. conversations that, you know, we should be able to be satisfied in ourselves and all this other stuff. But that's not what we're mm-hmm. talking about here. We're talking about this idea that we think that, that we can do everything we need to do and there's nothing that we need anyone else for. And so when we talk about an eternity or we talk about like an infinite cosmos, like that becomes a bigger issue. Like, yeah, I mean, like I can get my shoes tied for sure. Right. Like I don't need God's help in doing that. And that's not the kind of limitations we're talking about. But as soon as we disobeyed God, as soon as we said, you know what? I want to be just like God. I want to know what God knows. I want to have the Mm -hmm. control that God has. And then so we disobey God prompted by, you know, Satan, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, you know, cause famously he says, did God really say this? Cause yeah. I feel like he just doesn't want you. Like, la, 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 la. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people in your mm-hmm. life that talk to you that oh, way all the time. Sure. Yep. Advertisements talk to yep. us that way. Television shows talk to us that way. Like mm-hmm. this is the way the world works. Mm-hmm. Oprah talks to us this way, you know, and I'm sure Oprah is a lovely person. Like I've never met her. <laughs> I like it was, I'm sure I, she's lovely. I, I like passed by her studio once. Like it, if she still has studios in Chicago, does she? Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. don't know if she does anymore. Yeah, That's a really cool neighborhood though. Mm-hmm. There's this place called the city winery there. And it's this really, really like swanky place and it's beautiful. And they have live music there. Yeah. I really like it anyway. And Oprah. there's this place that had chicken and waffles there. I don't remember what that place was called. Anyway, Oprah's no, it Oprah's. wasn't. <laughs> My point was that I, the world tells us mm-hmm. that we're all that we're ever going to need. Stop trying to like be something that, you know, someone else. Uh, and it's the disobedience that Adam and Eve did and that we do every day that keeps mm-hmm. us limited. Mm-hmm. It keeps us limited. And so I need to turn that over. I need to turn over control. I need to control. And it's not like I just sit in my house and wait for God to tell me what to do. I live out my life. Like mm-hmm. I keep, but I'm like one of those, like a wind up toy. You know what I mean? Actually like a pool <laughs> vacuum. We just got a pool oh vacuum at our house where, um, <laughs> it's got like a, a motor in it and like you turn it on and you put it in the water and then it goes until it hits a wall oh, and then yeah. the, then the motor flips yeah. and then like it goes into the other direction until it hits a wall until and then the motor flips mm-hmm. and it goes in another direction. Right. That's how I operate my faith. That's how I operate mm-hmm. my life. Like I'm going to go in the direction I feel like God's pointing me in until I hit a wall. Mm-hmm. Right. And then my motor will flip and I'll go in another direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so I'm not relinquishing control of my life. Like I'm just like a, like a sack of potatoes waiting for God to right. animate. Yeah me, (laughs) but like, I I need to, I need to feel like I need to recognize that I can't do all things on my own, Mm -hmm. that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Right. It's that's where that finishes. It doesn't do, I can do all things on my own Mm -hmm. of my own volition of my own education of my own motivation of my own. Like it's not, you know, I can't, I'm limited. So you quoted, um, I can do all things through Christ. Right. Who strengthens me. Who strengthens me. And right before that, the verse before that says, I've learned the secret to being content. Oh, which I feel on. like that they go hand in hand. Yep. Like, I don't feel like you can have one without the other because yeah. I've learned the secret 
to be content because right. Yeah. Like they, they go next to each other. And that's something else that you talked about was like this. Um, I don't know if it was parade or berate. Is berate a word? No, parade is not a word. Oh, it's parade? A parade. It's a parade of things Do to I make you happy. Do I what I'm talking no, up there? No, I think I just second guessed. This is like the third guessed. thing you said. Really? That I, yeah. Because you well, said I said flatulence. Oh my gosh. And I didn't I'm pretty say sure you said flatulence last night. Yeah. I, I was pretty I sure. I will ask Pastor Barry. He was right. there. He All heard right. it. Okay. Um, but you talked about on Sunday morning in your message yeah. about this, um, parade. Yes. Parade <laughs> <laughs> going from like one thing to another, yeah. like trying to become content. Right. Like, the world offers us an endless parade of, of passing or fleeting happiness. Yes. Right. Things that just like one thing after another, like mm-hmm. a parade or like the boats at Island Sushi, like, cause they, you get, <laughs> they just come around. Yeah. They just keep little. coming around. Right. And so, although I don't eat the, like the uncooked fish one, Ooh, I think those yeah. are like the pink ones. Cause that's gross to me or the spicy color. I don't know what color boat that is anyway, but that's what life is like. That's what the world's like. It's just like this parade mm-hmm. of boats with sushi on it. Right. And, mm-hmm. or whatever. And we think that if I could just keep jumping and grabbing something from this parade that the world passes by, I'll be happy for five minutes. And I'm just doing five minutes here and five minutes there and five Mm -hmm. minutes here and five minutes there. And none of that stuff has an everlasting effect on me and on my happiness Mm -hmm. because it's empty. They're empty calories. You mentioned ding dongs. I feel like, like that's it. It's just like this thing that will make me happy while I'm chewing it. But as soon as I'm done, like I don't have any, there's nothing to that anymore. There's no good for my body. There's, I'm still hungry. I'm, you know, like there's, there's no lasting effect to it. Mm -hmm. So it only lasts as long as I'm chewing it. Right. And the world is full of that. There's only things that last as long as I'm drinking it. There's only things that last as long as I'm buying it. There's only things that last as long as I'm sleeping with it. There's only things that last as long as I'm putting money into it. Mm -hmm. Right. And like that's not sustainable. Right. But the world tells us that it is, that we're just not trying hard enough. (laughs) You know, we're not trying enough five minute things. Mm -hmm. And so just try more. And so then, you know, it tells us to try this thing and try that thing. And look how beautiful this is on TV when this lady's doing it. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I'll try that. And it turns out that that's still just a five minute thing. Yeah. But then that also turns into all these little sins that you talked about. Yeah. All these little sins that you might not think about or not realize you even talked about, you know, even today I sinned 20 times, you know. I'm sure I did. And that's, that's what makes you live outside the will of God. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, it's easier for us to find fulfillment in five minutes of happiness, like one five Mm. minute after another five minute than it is to put in the work. And it's really no work at all, you know, to, to pursue a life in him. Mm -hmm. The work is, is that we have to give up things that we don't feel like we want to give up. Like we're too proud of them or we're too, um, territorial about it. We're too possessive of them. Like, I don't want to give this up, bro. I'm not giving this up. I'm doing this thing. This makes me happy, mm-hmm. but it only makes you happy for five minutes. I don't care. It right. makes me happy. <laughs> so I'm not giving this up. And mm-hmm. God's like, Oh my gosh. It reminds me of like a, it's a really super cheesy meme of like, like this girl has like this little teddy bear and Jesus has this big giant teddy oh, bear yeah. and he's asking her to give up this little teddy bear mm-hmm. because he's got something so much better for mm-hmm. her. As cheesy as that is, I really feel like it's theologically sound because like that's exactly what he's offering us. This is life that has joy. And so, yeah, we're still going to be sad sometimes and we're going to mm-hmm. be happy sometimes, but like there's this joy. That's the thing that you just said, the, the, the contentment that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know the secret to contentment. To being content. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's that. Like the, you, There's joy in contentment. There's mm-hmm. contentment and joy. There's no way that you can be content in happiness because happiness will last as long as it takes to chew it. Right. 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 And so that's, I mean, it's a horrible way to live. You must be exhausted. Right. You're yeah. always seeking the next, yes. the next best yep. thing. 
Um, so I don't know with your 16 pages yeah. of notes, if you made it through all of them, I but I have the pleasure of putting in all of the scriptures, which is why oh, I yeah. knew, uh, Dr. D Martin Lloyd Jones, <laughs> because I was able to, to type his name out, to put it up on the screen. Yeah. Um, but did you make it to the end? Because you go through four steps yeah. and what it looks like to becoming morning, Jesus people. I did not. So on, on, the, on the video on version, a, online I did. it's there. Yes. Yeah. Online at the end downtown I did. Cause I knew that it, I didn't have the time. Mm -hmm. So I skipped out. So that was like a summation yes. of, of the four of the four things, even before that, because uh, earlier in the week, uh, I'm a little bit of a self promoter and uh, this is one of my sins. Right. And so I'm like, I'm going to promote the sermon because I want more people to come, you know, to see mm -hmm. me again. I get that this is an issue. So just know that this is me <laughs> just being straight it. with you. And so like, I made this little gra graphic for our friend. Um, what's her name? She's pretty. She just had a kid. She works upstairs. Um, Megan couldn't think of her name. Okay. Were you thinking of somebody else? I was thinking of Stephanie. Oh yeah. But, she's also pretty and yeah. so just had a kid. And just had a baby yeah, and yeah. worked upstairs. Right. Yeah. Anyway, but she does the books. I don't know if you know yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Stephanie works on the books. But Megan. you made this graphic for Megan for social media. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway. Now I'm, now I'm following along. Yep. Like, and I quote stuff out of like my notes, but then I never got a chance to get those, those things out in my message to the church yeah. on Sunday. So that's not in there, but I really, I loved it because it talks about this idea of how becoming a Jesus person is trying to be as, as much like Jesus as we can. And, and some of us see different things in Jesus. Like, I, I mean, I, while he's one thing, there's, there's things that we admire about him. There's things that we try to be more like him in a particular way about than other people. So for me, I love the fact that, that Jesus was a weirdo. Like, I feel like I love that he was weird in his faith community. I love mm -hmm. that he was weird in his time. I love that he was weird to his position. Like, I love all that. Like, I love that. Yeah. And so um, I, I want that cause I'm a weirdo. Like I'm super duper weird. And so like, I, I love the fact that Jesus made it weird. And so like yeah. in that, in that particular segment, I talk about that where I talk about how, you know, he had friendships with people he wasn't supposed to be friends with. He, he pointed to God every possible moment that he could. He, you know, he loved recklessly, but deliberately all mm -hmm. these things that like mm -hmm. people just didn't do. And like, that's my jam, you yeah. know? And so I didn't get to that. And I also didn't get to the summation of the four things. In fact, I couldn't even tell you what my summation is. Do you have them there? In I front do. Of you? I do have them in front oh. of me. They're quite long. Yeah. Um, but I'll go Shocking, over them. Because I make like, everything long. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be underprepared. Then it's not super long. There's just a couple sentences each. We got a few minutes. But we talked about each of them, I think, for the most part. So the first okay. one was we have to empty ourselves of every notion of pride, self-reliance, and self-absorption. God's got no room to work in a spirit that's full of themselves. Yeah, come on, that last yeah. thing. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh, that should be a t-shirt. It should. God's got no room. Man. I love it. And that's the, and that's the absolute truth, right? The more full of you are of yourself, the less room there is for God. There's only so much room in you for this thing to work. And mm -hmm. so if you're taking up all the space, doing the things that you think you can do and you're self-reliant and you're self-assured and you're self-possessed, you know what I yeah. mean? There's no room for God to right. operate in that space. He's like, dude, can you make me every night? I lay down with Abe in our, in yeah. his bed, uh, mostly in he's 12. And I know that's starting to get to the point where I don't know. I should really be. But when I was 12, I had such bad anxiety. I was sure that someone was going to come in and kill me. Oh my and gosh. so like, I don't ever want Abe to feel that way. And so like, I mm -hmm. might stay there too long or longer than I should just to make sure that he's like, gets over that mm -hmm. part of his life anyway. But like, 
bro, like get on your side of the bed. Like, why do you need to be? And I showed him the middle of the headboard. Like, this is the middle, man. Yeah. Like, there's no room for me. And I feel like sometimes God does that to Ooh. us. Like, we're like, you know, not that we're in bed with God, but like, no, we're, like, we're totally just taking up too much room. Right. And he's yeah. like, dude, like there's no room for me. Right. No, I got this. This is my bed. Like, just, you know, just be here, but it's my bed. I'll take all the room that I want. And then he's like, I can't operate in this space because you're too full of yourself. Yeah. And there's something else you said about, um, holding up your end of the bargain. Mm, yeah. Because that's like, righteousness. Well, right. And so that righteousness comes from like doing right by an agreement or a covenant that you're in or a contract that you're mm -hmm. in. And the Bible refers to it like specifically in God's covenant with Abraham, right? Like the original covenant. And like to be righteous means to uphold your end or to hold your end up as high as God is holding up his end, right? In the character of God. Be mm -hmm. in the character of God as who hold up your end. And so like that kind of righteousness, like come on, like you got to mm -hmm. you got to hold that up. And that's got nothing to do with being right or wrong. So it's unfortunate that it starts with the word right, but right. that's not what right. we're talking about. Like, it's not about being right or left or right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, fulfilling, right? Mm -hmm. Holding up your share, right? Your portion. Yeah. 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 God's got no room to work. Right. No room to work. Uh, the second one, we have to mourn and hate the fact that we sin and that we're sinners until we're ready to commit to the process of being convicted of, repenting of, and hating our ongoing sin. We're inflexible and effectively useless to God. Yeah. Uh, we're like, we can't do anything for the kingdom if we're going to embrace the things that we're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And this topic comes up. We're going to get a little edgy here for a second. Maybe people have already signed off by now and they're not even listening. Maybe. So we'll just keep going. Might as well. Because the, the, the hottest topic that comes up when we talk about sin in today's culture is this idea of how uh, Bible believing Christians will tell you that um, homosexuality is a sin mm -hmm. and it's super difficult. It's like, Super difficult. Difficult for me. We've talked about this right. before. And so, like, I, I like, I, I, and so, if when push comes to shove, if someone says, "Am I going to go to heaven and and still practice, you know, this sexuality in this way?" Mm -hmm. I'm like, the Bible tells me that you can't, right? Like, you can't. And so, I, I said, I hate it. I'll, I'll fight for you. I'll do whatever I can for you. I, I'm like, I, you know, I don't, you know. I hate it, but that's what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing is true of any of our sins. So like ding dongs, right. Mm -hmm. Or like not one sin is greater right, than another right, self-promotion, right? Like mm -hmm. there's no way I should have like created my own graphic and said, Hey, maybe more people will come to church, yeah. you know, no way. Like, and God's like, seriously, bro, like you don't even write this, man. I wrote this. Like you were at the computer when it got put in, but I wrote all this. Mm -hmm. Why are you trying to mm -hmm. self-promote? So I know that that's a disappointment to mm -hmm. God and that's what sin is. And so I have to hate that about myself. I have mm -hmm. to try to get better. Although next time I speak, I'll probably figure out a way to figure out a way to do, do the promotion. Yep. <laughs> I hate that about me. And that's what we mm -hmm. need to do with our sin. As long as we're not hating it, we're useless to God. But if we're hating it, if we're trying to repent from it, if mm -hmm. we're trying to turn in a different direction from it, if we're embarrassed about it, mm -hmm. if we're convicted of it, you know, God's like, okay, like, let's do this together. We can, yeah, we can work this right. together. We'll hand work in this hand, together because I'm never going to, I'm never going to move past any of it. Right. You know, it's always going to be a problem for me. My mm -hmm. sins are always going to be a problem for me. Your sins are always going to be a problem right. for you. Right. You know what I mean? And so that's not what we're talking about. We're saying, no, we're not saying you can't be a sinner. We're saying that you can't like be proud of your sin or you can't love your sin or you can't exactly. embrace your sin or you can't want other people to love and embrace your sin too. Mm -hmm. So that's so good. All right. There's just two more. These are, these are the, <laughs> this is the summary of the first four steps right. in becoming Jesus yes. people. So those were the first two. The third one is we have to think of ourselves less than we do not think of, 
sorry, not think less of ourselves, but we have to put God, Jesus, and the kingdom first. And that looks like putting others and the good ahead of our own pursuits and desires. Yeah. Um, I, w- I was going to go back to the last one because it really does tie into this one. Mm-hmm. The, the age old phrase, hate the sin, yeah. love the sinner. Right. I mean, essentially that last point was hate the sin, hate your own sin, hate your own, not sin. other people's sin. You have no business in other people's nope, sin, not but hate problem. your own sin, Yes, but love, love the sinners. Yep. Yep. And that's what this one is. We have yep. to think of ourselves less than we do and yeah. put yeah, other yeah. desire, put others pursuits ahead of our own. Yeah. I, I find that if I, if I'm consumed with myself, there's not room in my life to love other people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I feel like that's what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. Like I'm called to love God with all my heart, mind and soul. And I'm called to love my neighbors as myself, even the ones I don't like. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that looks like this endless pursuit of trying to show people love, to express love, to, uh, to treat people with love. And so I feel like my head needs to be on a swivel looking for ways that I can serve others because that's how I serve the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus says somewhere, you probably know, cause I don't, but Jesus says somewhere that, because it was like a, it was like a Catholic song when I was growing up, whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers that you do unto me. I Remember? don't know it. Anyway, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a, I would have joined you it's if a gospel I, verse. had I known it. Anyway, so in the gospel, Jesus says that like someone said, listen, I, I've never seen you naked. I've never seen you hungry. I've never seen you in prison. Like, what right. are you, how am I even going to do that? He's like, anytime that any of, any of your brothers have been naked or hungry or imprisoned, like whenever you've helped them, you've helped me. Whatever you do to the least of your brothers mm-hmm. is what you do to me. So mm-hmm. if you ignore them, you're ignoring me. If you let them go hungry, you're letting me go hungry. If you're letting them go naked, you're letting me go naked. Mm-hmm. If you're not visiting them in prison, you're not visiting me in prison. Like you suck at being you. Is what, like, I don't think Jesus said that. I don't even think the message says I that. I don't think so. But that's, but that's what that means. Like I need to right. empty myself of my own self-absorption, my own mm-hmm. self-pursuits and like, and what I found in my life is that the more that I pursue benefiting other people, the more my life is benefited, mm-hmm. the more blessing I see in my life, the more fruit I see in my life. Mm-hmm. And that empowers me and encourages me, enriches me to give more. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay. Last point is basically what you just said. <laughs> I think we have to want to be right and do right by God so badly that it hurts yeah. that hunger should consume us. Everything we do, our family, our work, our friendships, our faith community should be served by our pursuit to be more like Jesus. How is it not? How is it not? Like, Otherwise, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? <laughs> You know, like, what are you even yeah. doing? Yeah. Well, but I really just, if I could just get it to this point, right? Like if I could just make this much money, or if I could mm-hmm. just get this promotion, or if I can just have this big of a house, like, what are you even talking about right now? Like, how is that? Because sometimes we get caught up in the idea that we think that, and this is just for Jesus people. If you're not a Jesus person, this probably doesn't make any sense for you. <laughs> but like these 85 years are nothing. They're no thing. These 85 years, we think they're everything. We mm-hmm. think that this is it, right? And God's like, oh my gosh, you guys, this is no- nothing. This is nothing. Like I've been here forever and I'm going to be here <laughs> forever. This stupid 85 years is like a blink, is a, you know, a snap, right? That's it. So don't think that your pursuit of trying to get mm-hmm. happiness here or fulfillment here is the everything because it's actually nothing. So find out what your life looks like. If you start loving and serving others, find out what that looks like. Find out what kind of satisfaction comes out of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you that you'll, you'll hunger and thirst for more. Mm-hmm. Like the more you'll find the satisfaction in 
in that kind of life, in that kind of like self-sacrificing, self-giving way, selfless way of life, Mm -hmm. the more you'll find like, oh my gosh, this feels so much better than anything I did. And that berade of, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Of, the parade, uh, right? The parade. I don't even know what a parade is. I don't either. I feel like it's probably like a military term. No, or that's something. a beret. Oh, okay, that's like a. No, hat that's that not what I was thinking of. <laughs> is it? I don't know. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> we'll get I'm to gonna the Google bottom it of that. after this. And see, and a barrage. See Barrage. Yeah, maybe? there's like a barrage of like missiles or you know bombs okay. or something. Maybe that's what I was thinking yeah. of, but yeah. it's really just this endless parade of yes, of like of um, things. yeah, yeah, fleeting happiness. <laughs> yeah, but right? that's where the true joy comes in. Yep, and we've talked it. about that before on, yes. on another podcast. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Well, so thank good. you for like no. allowing me to host and for being the guest. Here. No, that was fun. I super it was duper so loved fun. it. So you did a fantastic job with that. Cool, cool. Yeah. Is well, there anything thanks. else you're going to say? Nope, I don't think so. <laughs> Listen, if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it if you'd rate or review it in, anywhere that you're listening to your podcast or where you get your podcast from. We'd love it if you would share this with other people so that they could benefit from these words or these thoughts or this idea that Jesus is the best thing that's ever going to happen to you and you can never get enough of them. Thanks for joining us for chewing that. That was my friend, Nancy. I'm Scott. We'll talk to you next time. Oh.